Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hey team, surprise intro to the intro. Me and Ellie just wanted to say an absolutely huge thank you to anybody who came onto our first program, The Stay Stopped Solution. We sold out within 24 hours, which is crazy, and we've got such an amazing group of people to go on our three-month journey with. Now, if anybody is interested in the next course that's running or anything like that, then please do join the waitlist. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Ping us a message or an email. Come join the Facebook group. Get any questions answered. Um, you know, we're this is going to be this amazing thing that grows and evolves, so if anyone feels that they've missed out please please reach out to us and we'll get you on the wait list and uh yeah when we reach kind of critical mass we'll make a decision about what to do and when to run the next one um so awesome just a massive thanks right i'm gonna hand me on the intro over to the intro see you in a sec Happy Tuesday, lovely people. We've got a really special guest for you today. We've got Helena Lucia with us, and uh, me and Helena have known each other for a good while now, and uh, we've helped each other on this journey together well before me and Ellie started the podcast, me and Helena first met, so it's wonderful to have her on the show. And uh, she's a trauma-informed money coach, amongst many other things. She's a real expert in the world of burnout and working with the central nervous system, and she's just got so many, just such a deep understanding of so many things that can seem disconnected right in both the world of kind of cognition as well as the somatic um, piece and body work and we're just so glad to have her on the show she has her own personal journey with alcohol which she's going to expand on we're also going to cover some things to do with money mindset which affects many of us we're going to look at burnout and some fantastic really usable tools and tips that you can take today to start reorganizing some things in your life so you just have more energy so that you can do the things that you love in your life now Helena has some really really exciting things coming up soon she's going to talk about them on the podcast they're all going to be linked in the show notes so um, in terms of the website and her upcoming program and everything make sure you go and check out the show notes so that you can go and check out her website at sisu journey her podcast is fantastic it's a wonderful place to start and it's all about stories of resilience um, but i'm not going to say too much because helena does a brilliant job of uh, talking about well what it's all about effectively awesome so without further ado i'm going to hand you over to me ellie and helena See you there. Hello, lovely people. Happy Tuesday. Favorite day of the week, as ever. And I'm super excited because this week we've got Helena Lucia with us. And this is, we have, we should have recorded this episode a long time ago, but we were just saying perfect timing, actually, because, uh, well, we've been on a journey, Helena, right? We, mm-hmm. we met each other a while ago. And when we right. first spoke, although we can't figure out how the universe sort of brought us together, we, I think you, you were really early on with your podcast, Sisu Journey, mm-hmm. and I don't think present and I don't think our podcast was even out. No, yet. no, no. So I had met Ellie, but you know, and and so many things were changing, and we were in mm-hmm. flux, and we were such a great support to each other, and have continued mm-hmm. to be. So mm-hmm. it's a genuine privilege to have you here, and I'm so glad that we've that we've organised this. So welcome. It's such an honor, and I've just loved watching your podcast just be born into the world, and and it's magical, and there's nothing else like it out there. So I am very excited about your your journey too. And I interviewed you almost over a year ago, I believe. Whoa, my show. Time is doing crazy things right now. Yeah. Well, that's so that's so lovely to hear you say that. And you know, everything you 
all the amazing content you do around burnout. And I know that we're going to talk about the recent shifts that you've had into, into mindset around money and loads of amazing things. Um, you know, all of that, it's all interwoven with the journey that you had with alcohol. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know enough about that. We've, we've spoken right. about it. And when you interviewed me, I really opened up, but we, you know, right back at you, basically, right. we want to know all about your stuff. So right. I don't know where it makes sense to start. Um, mm -hmm. But please, you know, wherever it makes Absolutely. sense to start, go for it. Absolutely. So I grew up in, in an extreme fundamentalist religion. And so there was a lot of deprivation and control that kind of, I think, is the start of that journey. Mm -hmm. It's the start of like, it's a root of scarcity, right? And so that kind of created this, once I left the religion, I also, I ditched, you know, all the rules around how I could, would dress. And, and, and so then I also ditched the rule about alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. And, but I was 25 years old. I had no preparation for that. And so I just kind of started drinking and I didn't, it wasn't like some people where they say, oh, I, the first time I had alcohol, it was just the elixir of the soul or anything like that. It was more kind of just a gradual, uh, every, a lot of the friends that I had had kind of a binge drinking habit. And mm -hmm. I didn't recognize that and realize that. And I didn't really understand it either because it didn't work for me the same way as it worked for them at first. But I do remember the first time it did work for me. I'd had a death, um, of someone I knew, as well as just kind of some relational conflict, you know, I was getting divorced and I was trying to kind of figure out what the dating thing was again. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was out with a friend of mine and she said, I guess I was kind of being a downer. Right. And she said, we're going to either go home or we're going to do shots. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and so I took a shot and I felt this wave of like, oh, the grief just kind of like left me for a moment. And I thought, oh, this is why people do this. Like I recognized in that moment. <laughs> and I think over the years as a single mom, you know, I was in school, I just had a lot of pressure and I just used alcohol a lot to regulate my nervous system to kind of have when my kids were at their dad's, I just kind of let loose and, and drank and it didn't, it kind of um, haunted me for a while but it didn't catch up with me until, let's see, I was 25 when I started drinking. And then I was in my thirties uh, when I went back to school. And, and so um, in 2020, as I entered 2020, I, I had gone to like a decade of therapy. I'd done mm -hmm. all of this work and I was like very frustrated by the fact that it didn't seem, to, I didn't seem to be progressing as far as insomnia and anxiety and you know, depression and all this stuff, it just wasn't, wasn't going. So 2020 at the beginning, I was like, 2020 is going to be the year of the health, which if you think about what's going on in the world, it's kind of ironic, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but for me, it was my year of the health. Mm -hmm. And I just started throwing spaghetti at the wall. By then I was working as a software engineer. I had money to be able to start like just trying everything. So I did plant medicine work. Mm -hmm. I did, um, I did hypnotherapy. I started learning about nervous system regulation and funnily enough, I had in 20, it must've been 2019. I had a friend who posted about, um, Annie Grace's book on Facebook. And so I ordered it and put it on my bookshelf with all the other books that are still to be read yet. Right. Sure. And, <laughs> and so <laughs> 
in 2020, as I was kind of starting to unravel this package that was my nervous system and starting to understand it and really starting to do a lot of the work, um, the internal work that was preparing me for, you know, changing my relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was more in control than ever because I was starting to be really honest with myself, but I recognized that my family didn't quite see it that way. Right. They weren't inside my body. And I was just like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to figure out what this thing is sort of like Annie's story, sort of like your story, you know, just, I'm going to, I'm going to see, like, I'm going to be really honest. I'm going to actually calculate like how much is this, you know, a problem because those rules about how many units you can have and whatever, that's like, not, that's not really a thing that, that you factor in. And so I went to the doctor and I was super honest for the first time on my, like they asked me all the questions and I was like, yeah, this is, this is the problem. And she said, well, how about you try some, you know, and I had, I had researched naltrexone and and I had learned a little bit about like harm reduction with that. So I asked for that and I started trying that, that didn't really feel very good in my body. But then right in July, I had done a plant medicine session and I had really connected with my partner's grief around my drinking because I recognized that it wasn't just that I was drinking. It was that I was leaving. It was that I was leaving the home and I would come back days, maybe weeks later. Right. And it was just, I was just leaving and coming back. And so it was like, he didn't really have, he didn't really know if he was going to, if I was going to be there when, you know, or not. And so that was the last weekend um, that I actually had any alcohol. I, 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 I absorbed the book. I pulled the book off the shelf, read the book, um, and really um, just decided that this is not the way that I was going to live my life anymore. That's amazing. Like, it, it's so powerful that, um, that combination particularly of mm-hmm. people having a deep experience, be it either some kind of personal mystical experience or plant medicine, mystical experience mm-hmm. combined with some kind of wealth or out therapy, which I would include a quick read mm-hmm. of this naked mind sure. in that bracket, like the power oh, of those things in combination. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was a, a, a confluence of things. So I've been kind of taking it apart as I've been thinking about it about, you know, parsing out each piece and recognizing, and I will say that's not the last time I ever drank any alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, Your recent conversation about moderation, it got me thinking because when we were in um, Mexico just last fall, we had talked about it. It was around my birthday and I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, well, I'm not really afraid of alcohol. Like, I don't feel like I'm afraid of alcohol, sort of like I, when I quit smoking, I don't know if either of you had a smoking habit, but mm-hmm. when I quit smoking, I would have dreams like, oh, I'd wake up and I was like, oh, did I smoke? You know, just with this fear that I was going to like, just go right back into it. And I didn't have that with alcohol anymore because I didn't really feel drawn toward it, but I thought, well, I'll just try it. We'll have some, we're in Mexico, we'll have some drinks. And I immediately, like, I just, it was like an observer of my own experience. I immediately got sad. I got mm. angry. I got mm. my whole evening just went to shit. Yeah. And then the next morning I woke up and Corey's like, yeah, I don't think that's the drug for you. And I said, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. And, <laughs> and that was it. But, you know, I don't know if I didn't have a partner with me, 
maybe I would have been like, oh, I'll try that, you know, I try that again, or what kind of would have happened. But yeah, mm. that that's so that's my that's the that's the abbreviated version of my drinking story. That's so beautiful as well, the way you described because it's really interesting. So many people, all of us included, I'm sure we drink because we believe it's providing us with connection, but a powerful mm-hmm. experience like you had where you were shown, no, you're leaving. Like yeah. it's a, it's a trick. It's not real. And you're disconnecting yeah. from the people around you combined with reconnecting or so it's got even the word connection, right? I think the, the word connection can be, um, challenging because it implies that there are two things that need to be brought back together. Mm-hmm. To me, it's more like, in those deep experiences, like you describe, you fall out of the illusion of separation, mm-hmm. which is that yeah. and you're just home again. And mm-hmm. that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. I find that so amazing that those two things coincided for you. Right. So, so what came, so that's, you know, that, that experience was, that wasn't that long ago, right? That was a real, no. so, so what what's happened since then like what's opened like how have things shifted because uh I'm sure the short answer is a lot but please tell us about that yeah I I think that the thing that's so interesting to me about alcohol is that I feel at least in my body it feels like it has it carries this weight of you know like I was saying you almost feel like soulless it carries Mm. this shame it has like an energy of shame and and an energy of um just kind of a dark energy in my body. And I think all drugs have an energy. And so it's paying attention to, you know, we use caffeine. I have a cup of coffee right here. You know, just paying attention to the energy that drugs bring into your life and really thinking about whether it serves you. And I was thinking about the motivation that I have not to drink now. And it really has to do with this creative energy that was born in me when I stopped drinking. And I feel like when I, if I were to have a drink, I would fall out of touch with that. And even just for a couple of hours or a day or a week, that's too painful for me to bear. And so we have alcohol in my life in our, in our house. My partner still drinks from time to time. And every once in a while it pops into my head and I'm like, no, I have this new friend that I'm not willing to just part with even Mm -hmm. for a day anymore. And so what has come out of my life? I mean, amazing things really immediately when, when I stopped drinking, I had all of these creative energy that was going on about what could, what was possible for the world. You know, 2020 was a pretty shit year for a lot of us, but it also brought some, some, a big magnifying glass to like all of the problems. And I was recognizing in those moments we're going to have a mental health crisis and we are not prepared in any way. Our healthcare system here in the US, not ready for anything around mental health, um, you know, anxiety and all of that is just treated by like dampening the, the issue, right? So I wanted to start spreading the message of what I had learned. And my business was born like January of 2021 is when I filed for a business license and started Sisu Journey. And so just for for those of you who aren't familiar with Finnish, Sisu is a Finnish word that means resilience in the face of extreme adversity. And it was kind of a recognition that a lot of the way the world sees resilience, um, like you talked about on my show, is that, um, you know, digging into the ground and holding fast so that, Mm. you know, 
but the reality of resilience is being able to move. I, mm-hmm. I think you use the illustration of like a bamboo, yeah. right? To be able to move with what life gives you, to recognize it's not going to all be beautiful and yeah. roses and unicorns, but that it, that, you know, you got this. Yeah. Like the strength and vulnerability. And I think, cause uh, yeah, I mean, Helen, your frame for the podcast is beautiful. I just want to say to people, like, if you want to go and listen to something really magical, go and go and check it out. The second uh, season is is airing now, isn't it? And um, it's, I, we're on the third now. Yeah. Awesome. And it's, yeah, it's, it's so cool to hear different people's takes on resilience and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the stories that they've had and uh, I'd encourage anyone to go and check that out. But yeah, you asked me the question, what you know how do you see resilience now with what you've mm-hmm. with what you've learned and I think I said that I, I used to see it as kind of like you know being like this strong oak tree you build yourself as strong as you can but ultimately what happens when the big storm comes right mm-hmm. they break right yeah. but so ultimately you've got to be able to mm-hmm. go with the flow get a bit of dow in there and, and get bendy yeah. because otherwise and that to me is vulnerability and you get bendy there's another stupid <laughs> right. phrase from Sam um and yeah, like, I love that what you're doing yeah. encompasses that. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, you did a lot of work with burnout, right? Um, mm-hmm. And helping yeah. people through that. So when, when did that become p- particularly acute for you? And what were your, when did you realize like, huh, like something's going on here. Like if I just keep doing the same stuff, this is not gonna, this is not gonna fix this. Yeah. So I think that Um, you know, taking the veil that was over my eyes with, you know, while I was drinking, um, really helped me recognize that this hustle culture that we're in, you know, when I was working, I was working as a software engineer, and it was really all about like, how you could when you could get things done, and how quickly, and there wasn't a lot of space for dealing with the pandemic. And I had a lot of, you know, just different immediate family members that were struggling and with different things. And it really started to become, um, I knew now all about how the nervous system worked, but I was in sympathetic overdrive all of the time because of my circumstances. And I really recognized that so is the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I started talking about burnout. I really wanted people to understand that your nervous system isn't meant to be in this high alert, hypervigilant state all the time. And it's really not good for your, you know, your, your higher order thinking. So how about let's change our frame of reference. And so I created this acronym space to help support people through burnout, but it's really actually you know, like we talked about before we started recording, it's really actually like a really nice bait and switch because it's like come in because of burnout, but you're moving toward this new life. That's expansive. That's your, you know, that you're creating your own identity, that you're creating your new destiny, that you're building this creative project out of your life instead of letting someone else decide what you should be doing. Yeah, I was just going to go on, Ellie. Sorry, Helen. Can you can you just tell me a bit more about space because it's it's sure to me it's a really it's it's actually the word that I picked for every year. I kind of pick a word for the year, and it's my word for this year because (laughs) there's just um, like I'll I'll, hang on, I'll, I'll take it back a step. So I 
as most people kind of like we have all of the circumstances the things mm-hmm. going on in life and there's this uh tension between what you know and particularly what you know is good for you like um, being in the present moment and mm-hmm. you know, the kind of nourishing habits that we mm-hmm. talk a lot about um that support the nervous system in a in a very different way than uh buffering the things like alcohol mm-hmm. so you have that tension between what you know and then life taking hold and right. so if, uh, last year for me th- there were just um you know a lot of different things that I was focusing on and I got to a point like my word last year was to do with authenticity and it was living my own truth and it was uh being able to show having connected back with myself and spent such a long time working on that since removing alcohol from my life that I wanted to fully uh embrace that and bring that to you know not just my personal life but my professional life but then created a bit of a monster right right (laughs) so this year was like right now now I now I have that footing I need the space I need Mm. the space to be because it's all very well being myself but if I'm not actually being myself if I'm not being because I'm Mm. too busy doing then I'm going to end up right back where I started to some extent Mm -hmm. so everything for me this year has been about creating space because there is just something so magical that happens when we when we stop and we don't often stop and take a breath and create the space right so my my ears pricked up when you said space and right I would really love to hear more about it first of all I'm just kind of taking in the magic of this moment so it's really oh, it's happens. really yeah uh, um so I started doing that also in 2020 uh giving myself a word of the year. My last year's word was intuition and this year's word is transformation. So I'm really excited to hear that you're doing the same thing because it's been really powerful for me, much more powerful than any new year's resolution or any of that Mm -hmm. hogwash. So um, yeah, the acronym space, um, it's a balanced acronym. So us math nerds know like, so the first (laughs) word is space. And so when I work with folks, I, the first thing I do is like, let's take out your calendar Let's figure out where you can add more space. And if you're going to be doing something like, for example, seeing someone that you know is going to take a lot of energy out of you, emotional energy, you schedule at least as much time after that event to recover your space, to recover your energy. And you can do whatever you want with that time. But the one rule is that you have to give yourself compliments the whole time. So you're like, great work. You're doing such a good job. You're amazing you're kicking ass, right? So like do that and then figure out where in your life you could create more digital space. When can you turn off your phone? When can you, you know, so just like teasing out all that stuff. Don't do back-to-back meetings. I know you have little, little people, so that's a, a challenge, but you know, just where can you take the things out of your life that aren't serving you? Where on your calendar do you have time? So, um, you know, space, I think is pretty self-explanatory, but we don't really need, uh, use that part as much. And so then the P is pay attention. So this is when I tell people, you become an investigative journalist over your own body, over your own nervous system. You just start writing things down. Oh, that's interesting. I had that meeting. I had this feeling. It was just, you know, kind of like this, a knot in the pit of my stomach. You just write it down. You, you really start 
paying attention and connecting the dots between what is going on in your life and what you're feeling in your body. Cause really intuition is just about connecting into your body and listening to that and honoring what your body is saying over the messages of your conscious mind. A is access your assistance. So this is when you make a list of all the tools that are useful to you when you're in each kind of nervous system state, when your subconscious is giving you crap and you wake up in a dysregulated state, right? So maybe you use something like sound healing or hypnotherapy in your ears while you're sleeping to support that. So that's when you write down all of your supportive tools, you find things that work for you in different spaces. And then C is create your dream identity. So this is when you start really thinking about who you want to become instead of who you've been in the past evaluating um, on each, um, on each, I use a quadrant, the integral map from Holly Whitaker talks about it in her book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use that as kind of a guide and like creating I am statements in each category and then um, starting to use that to reprogram your subconscious in the morning before you start putting anything into it. Mm. And that's the other thing in the space that I usually talk about is putting an hour at the beginning and an hour at the end of your day as sacred space where you don't give your subconscious anything that's outside of your control. You don't check your email. You don't check your WhatsApp. You don't check your Facebook. You don't watch a scary movie you've never seen before. You just kind of give that subconscious that space to go into, you know, those lower brainwave patterns without feeding it something that's going to validate spheres and all of that. And then the E is like embody. So choose three ways you can embody that new identity today, even just especially little tiny, tiny ways you can do it. You know, reply to that email that feels hard. Look at your bank account, give gratitude practice, you know, whatever is going to help you embody that new thing. So you're moving towards something instead of away. So you can see how I flipped the burnout thing on its head instead of what you're moving away from, what you're moving toward. Mm. And I'm also using the SPACE acronym in my money program. So it's really just kind of the introduction to my work, regardless of what the, you know, so the kindest bait and switch, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's super awesome. And I think for for people that, you know, Sam and I see a lot of people that are like right in the thick of it. And the, the one of the words that we hear a lot about is overwhelm. And when people are really stuck, it can mm-hmm. be so hard to see the wood for the trees. And right. these, some of the things that you mentioned that make a profound difference. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you're listening to this now, and you just stop looking at your phone first thing, like when you wake up and it's like that habit, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And you, you can break it. You can Mm -hmm. break it. And if you can commit to doing it for just a few days a week, you will see the difference that it makes. Um, a, A lot of this stuff is just unwinding the, like I was thinking about this the other day, how, and it wasn't that long ago we we didn't live our lives in this same way like right. I, I find myself carrying my phone around everywhere it's like right. it's not part of me like why, right. why is it coming everywhere with me right and we remember the times where we didn't have that available yeah. right mm-hmm. so it's like all of a sudden we've become you know it's kind of our little digital leash and you like you said 
we, oh, you know, one thing that I thought was really interesting from learning about neuroscience is that we just, we have a tendency to do the things that we know don't serve us. You know, mm-hmm. we're scrolling on Instagram and we know we feel like shit, but we just keep doing it for, so, you know, we're com- continue to be compelled to move toward mm-hmm. things that, you know, aren't good. And so we have to. That's it. It's the, it's that dopamine button. And, and it's so funny how like, to me, like, I know that if I get up in the morning and look at my emails, for example, I will notice probably a 10 beats a minute mm-hmm. increase in my heart rate. Like it hijacks right. the system. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Right. It's like right. a cup of coffee or, or mm-hmm. having a drug in right. your system. And um, even, even whatever, hmm, when you look at anybody who wants to change something that is either physiological or, or, you know, a habit and they're completely interwoven, obviously, mm-hmm. but the story of the people that have something wonderful that they build and create it, they, they have something wonderful to build and create. That's what they're moving mm-hmm. towards. Like this yo-yo of moving away from pain. It's like crash and burn. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's like a slingshot. It takes us so far, but like William mm-hmm. Porter says, this fading effect bias gets involved. We start mm-hmm. to think, was it that bad? Am I that? And all the right. time there's these things going and, you know, if, but if you build this incredible thing, because you know, the bottom line is, Helena, you're not willing to give up this incredible connection you have to who you really are, to the universe, mm-hmm. to creativity, to this wonderful stuff you're building. Mm-hmm. That's so damn strong that mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense to you to to reach for alcohol mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, that's so powerful right. and that's available to anybody. And something right. like space is intentional and a framework. And it just, when you can't see the wood for the trees, like mm-hmm. we'll start carving a path. Right. right. <laughs> and that's what space is going to do for people. So I have mm-hmm. no, uh, it's no surprise to me that that's incredibly powerful as you see in your, your programs, etc. So mm-hmm. good on you. That's awesome. Thanks. So Ellie, that's the first time you've heard that. So I'd love to hear how that landed in you. Oh, well, it, it, it's, it's wonderful. Like I said, it's the, it's the, the simplicity. It's the simplicity mm. and they're going back to what we inherently know, but we've forgotten. And mm-hmm. as I say, knowing that you can, you, you kind of need to just, it's like pick one thing, just do mm-hmm. in, in the, the um, like I was saying before, people that are overwhelmed, it's like, just choose one thing. You, mm-hmm. you will know, even if it feels like mm-hmm. you don't, you don't at a conscious level, deep down, you know what is going to move the dial for you and what mm-hmm. is going to make the biggest impact in your life. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of a leap of faith required. Mm-hmm. But if you can, if you can just give yourself that little bit of space mm-hmm. for the one thing and then notice how it makes you feel you'll know really really quickly whether it's the right move or not Mm -hmm. and something like I say as simple as I I know the difference between like I've for years I've had my phone like right next to it's always been right right next to the bed because I have another business and that's on you know Mm -hmm. dealing with people in China and and Australia so it's kind of like first get up on the morning first thing Mm -hmm. that I do is check my email from Australia check my email from China and check the exchange rate and it was like this (laughs) bloody habit every single morning Mm -hmm. and oh exchange rate's great feeling really good hop into the shower exchange rate's really bad oh shit Right. Mm-hmm. And then and then right. the, the snowball starts rolling yeah. down the hill, mm-hmm. gathering more snow. Right. 
Um, and just as Sam was saying, you know, your, your heart rate's up and all the rest of it, you won't necessarily notice that, but you don't, you don't need, mm-hmm. you don't need to start the day that way. You right. don't need to start. It's, I think you described it as like being hijacked. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's exactly what yeah. it's like. Yeah. And those subconscious beliefs, whatever scarcity wounds that you have and whatever fear you have around money and all that stuff, that's getting that exchange rate message is going right in there because your brain waves aren't in beta yet. And so your, your subconscious is accessible and it's just like, boom, going in there and your, you know, adrenaline and cortisol and everything by the time you get in the shower. Right. Mm-hmm. It's such a, a huge difference to how the rest of the day goes. Mm-hmm. I thought of a story um, in 2007 or 2008, I was going through a divorce and I went to the hospital because I was having chest pain and they, my heart rate was so high, they couldn't get it down. At the time I was working as a financial advisor at credit union. And so one of the things that I was doing was keeping an eye on the stock market all of the time. And not only did they not tell me anything about, I mean, they, they mentioned stress, Um, but only in an offhand sort of like, oh, it's probably in your head kind of way. Not like, oh, you might have stress that's existing in your body. And that is why your heart rate won't come down. They allowed me to have the TV on with the financial news the entire time I was in the hospital. They didn't say anything about meditation. You know what I mean? Like it was just Mm. not, they were just looking for a physiological cause. And when they didn't find one, they sent me home. And that was, you know, what I, what I had going on. The reality is like, I was probably drinking a ton. You know, there was like a lot of reasons why my heart rate was high, including the divorce, the stock market crash and the stressful job and having no money and raising four children. Like those are all things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we're so, it's so funny because our medical model is so, but like if you rewind like 15,000 years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there are the the landscape quite literally looks different now and the amount mm-hmm. of the amount of tigers out there they 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 are in different form and right. you know the world around us has evolved so much quicker than we have but the other thing to consider is that look 15 or 20,000 years ago we didn't have like psychologists and and all this stuff it wasn't happening mm-hmm. well but but we had a natural wisdom because we were connected right. to nature and we had the primal scream and you know i've said this before mm-hmm. on the podcast but we'd beat the ground turn it into a story tell the story around the fire mm-hmm. look at the stars breathe mm-hmm. eat well mm-hmm. didn't have bloody phones and the thing is it's right. no surprise to me that if you go stick yourself in that scenario like the um have you have you two seen the the nature pyramid before it's really cool. So it's kind of like the food pyramid, which I know is very contentious, but it's, um, but the idea basically is that at the bottom of the period, you um, bottom of the pyramid, you've got like going into, going into like the best kind of nature you can get in the city. So like mm-hmm. hitting a park or something like that, like, you know, two or three times for 20 minutes a week. And then in the middle of the pyramid, you've got uh, going into what they call more less urbanized nature. So that might be like a, mm-hmm. like um uh, a nature reserve or or a, or a park that's out in 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 nature, and you're doing that once mm-hmm. a month. And then they've got like the wild, which is like you know you get out into the wild for two to three di- two to three days a year, um, completely mm-hmm. into the wilderness. And mm-hmm. and it's funny you mentioned brainwaves, Helena, because what they find a lot is that once you've been hanging out in that space for two or three days, your brainwaves naturally switch, and they right. don't really know why. Coherence, but it yeah. Here you go. So 
there's so much wisdom right. and like if you think about that compared to lying in a hospital tea, like a hospital bed right. you know jacked up on like the stock market like right. kind of different right <laughs> it's a very different yeah. yeah my i i went to see i've been seeing a sound healer and he's amazing but i saw him yesterday and we were just talking about getting out away from digital stuff and he mentioned that he turns off all of his digital stuff every sunday and that's Ooh. one way that he's been able to maintain his practice and, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of rules. I grew up with a shit ton of them, but I do feel like having these little frameworks and I thought, yeah, that's inspiring. I should probably, you know, implement something like that for myself so that my business, my creativity, my stuff doesn't get hijacked, like you mm. said, by this, um, by this, the influence that news and culture and, you know, all of that's happening right now. I think part of the issue is because because we unless you deliberately create the space you don't have it so how do you know what's truly possible unless you create the space exactly yeah yeah you can't I recently heard a quote it's a Steve Jobs quote and they said you can't connect the dots looking forward you can only connect the dots looking backwards so you have to believe in you know something that exists obviously I'm butchering the quote but you know you get the idea um, so yeah, you can't, you can't know what's possible. Yeah. You just have to, you just have to do what feels good and trust. Right. And for how many of it, you know, when you look back on your life and you think, wow, it's almost like that part was crafted by a divine hand. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, it's so magical. Do you know what I really love about space is that embody, which we, that it's the once you embody the process as well, mm-hmm. you don't have mm-hmm. to think about it anymore. So, you know, in this naked mind, there's yeah. the act technique and the real power of the act technique, as I see it, is that you work with your thoughts enough and your beliefs that over after a while, you internalize this thing and you're like, huh, mm-hmm. what's real? Yeah. Like, what mm-hmm. is real? Like, right. am I generating my own story here? Like, mm-hmm. whoa, what's going on? And, yeah. and the thing with space is you embody it. So you're doing right. those things without thinking about them. Um, mm. Even when I feel like now I'm out of routine, right? I'm still doing something that a lot of people would say is mm. very routine. And that's because for a long time, I've been working with scaffolding like you have mm-hmm. with, with space, right? So the, yeah. the embodiment part is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to become that you, it's so gradual that you don't even notice. Like I was mentioning to you earlier, I had this event on Sunday and in the evening after it, I was relaxing and, you know, rewarding myself for doing it and doing all the things that I've been training myself to do. And I realized, wow, this is the first time where I haven't been second guessing what I said, thinking like, I just really felt like I was writing it. And it, there was no imposter syndrome. And I was like, I didn't even know this was possible. I always thought like I would move into the next thing and then I would all deal with all these, you know, but this here I am. And like Ellie said, you don't know what's possible until you start moving and then you see it unfold. One day you're, uh, I can't remember the phrase, someone once said to me at the climbing wall, one day your greatest challenge will be your warm up. And I was like, what? <laughs> so true, though. Like, it's so true mm-hmm. when you move into that space. Helena, you mentioned um, this amazing workshop that you put together. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, this change that's happened to you recently. We were talking, mm-hmm. you went on to a, a really cool podcast. And uh, this, you know, you were talking about money mindset and had this amazing mm-hmm. shift in what's going on for you, right? So tell us a bit about that, because that's super exciting. Well, so what's funny about that is that podcast was recorded in November. 
I had no intentions of talking about or doing a, 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 pot, a, a program around money at that time. Mm-hmm. It was actually brought in the conversation by the podcast host. He was like, do you talk about this stuff in terms of money? Because I was talking about nervous system regulation. Something came up for him. This, this money program was actually born after that episode aired. Um, you know, like you said, a divine hand. I mean, it was like, I had no intention of talking about it because my relationship with money has been a hot mess. I had, I grew up, you know, like I mentioned with scarcity and it, it just really was, was, uh, you know, a lot of the things that I tried, I was a financial advisor. I was, you know, I, I have a computer science degree. I can math. Right. But I just had this really turbulent relationship with money because like I've said, you know, this is kind of the phrase that I've coined is money is not just math and money and healing the money wound is not just mindset. Mm-hmm. And so what I really um, have started mining out is like, which parts are epigenetic, which parts do we inherit as our money legacy from our, you know, ancestors, which parts are your, your subconscious beliefs around money that are programmed in early childhood and not just money, but high control situations create scarcity. Um, anything where there's food scarcity, like, you know, a parent who is passing on their, uh, food challenges to children, mm-hmm. um, all of these things, you know, these all create this relationship with freedom and insecurity, uh, or in safety that, that really play out in people's money story. And a lot of the money programs that exist aren't trauma informed and aren't recognizing that people need this emotional component, the subconscious healing component, this ancestral healing component with the, with the money program. So like I, like I mentioned to you, the, the program that was born out of it is almost like the alcohol experiment, but for money where everyone gets a little digestible piece every day, they do a, a ritual um, every week and they start gently exposing and redefining their themselves to their, their numbers and creating an intentional spending plan instead of a budget, you know, renaming debt to universal support. So kind of just changing the the way we look at things and to interact with money with um, a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of creativity, and really starting to change and heal those scarcity wounds that are built in early childhood. And so my vision for the program is sort of like, what would happen if we took all the energy that's being wasted on shame and regret and relational conflict around money and repurposed it into creating creative solutions for the world. So in that way, I think it's just very similar to what we're talking about with alcohol is like, what would happen if we take this poison out of your life and don't just white knuckle it for the rest of your life, walk Mm -hmm. into something more beautiful and more magical and more amazing than you ever thought possible. What would happen? What's possible for the world? amazing things that's so cool i and do you know simple i think as well you know a lot of this stuff when we've been drinking a lot all our money is consumed by something right for many of us it's channeled into something um Mm. and it gets wrapped up in this self-worth and like do i deserve this and so people people suddenly if they stop drinking they have money (laughs) or they have more of it have money and they have time what do I do with this stuff? And so this mm-hmm. is important. This is right. a, across the board for people because, mm-hmm. you know, value exchange and exchange of energy and money right. is not a, you know, the story and the constructs yeah. and the beliefs we have around it. It's, 
you know, people will often say, oh, I, you know, I, I'm not really that bothered about money. And yet all their actions would actually imply mm-hmm. the total opposite of that. Right. Sure. And it's not, you know, it's, I said to Ellie the other day, like if we're talking about business and, and a lot of people who go on the entrepreneurial journey after they've left an addiction behind, which is because it's a powerfully creative adventure. And in my experience, a deeply totally. spiritual one, too. I actually don't Absolutely. think there's anything more. Oh, that journey it challenges yeah. you in so many ways yeah. and it's like you, watching a baby being born yeah you played yeah. a part of it but it here it is it's coming out whether you want it or not yeah <laughs> and and much like you know for life the you know the we we need to breathe if you're going to have a business and go on that journey mm-hmm. you you need to have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with money because it's the minimum viable kind of like right you know you can't it, it works it's a mm-hmm. it's an energy that you need so it's way deeper than I think a lot of us realize and the impact it has on us is much more encompassing than many of us Mm -hmm. realize for sure. And and your business will become much more healthy if you see it as a living, breathing entity Mm -hmm. that is, that needs space and is cyclical and also needs. And if you have a scarcity wound that's holding on tight to it and making it, you know, molding it into a pattern, um, it's going to get pretty frustrated with you. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I know mine has. So, <laughs> well, that like it's such a it's so crazy how the universe just like <laughs> throws us a bone every now and again, and it's yeah. like whoa, like where did that come from? And um, yeah, it's it's really magical. And um, I I from the very first moment we spoke, Helena, I, there were so many things we were aligned on. I know that we spoke mm-hmm. a long time about. So me and Ellie both trained with Jolene Park, as you know. Mm-hmm. We 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 mm-hmm. went really deep on the central nervous system and mm-hmm. and and how important it was to combine mm-hmm. the mind stuff and the body stuff and you know mm-hmm. all of the stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's all one thing, yeah. Um, so w- I love what you're doing, and I'm so glad that uh, we've been able to get you on to to chat about all of this amazing stuff and. Um, I would definitely love to have a deeper, deeper chat about um, the plant medicine piece as well at some point. Absolutely. Because that's something really important to me that I haven't spoken about a lot because I think there's a stark distinction between drugs and medicine and it and it's mm-hmm. a trigger point for some people. And I think it's mm-hmm. something that would w- is really powerful to speak about, mm-hmm. speak on. And it's been yeah. a huge part of my healing journey and my journey to freedom and to my, mm-hmm. journey, my journey to creativity. Um, yeah. So that would be something I'd love to explore deeper with you at some point. Absolutely here for it. Ellie, is there anything else that your like your interest has been sparked by? I think space was uh, pretty cool. God, where to bloody so it's like I just looked at the clock. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, well Well, there'll be many of these. This is part, we'll do the part mm-hmm. one. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. When we're, Helena, when we have guests, so whether they, uh, we do this cheeky thing where whether, even if they haven't fully agreed, I just name it part one. And then I send them a message and say, oh shit, sorry. There's, there's now implication is part two. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm absolutely into it. So look, so all this amazing stuff that you're doing around, you know, and, and obviously the, everything, the journey that you've been on, which is also interconnected, which at the Mm -hmm. moment is being channeled into this amazing program that you're going to launch, right? So tell us Mm -hmm. where people can find you, what's going on, give us the whistle stop tour of that and um, how people can reach out to you and all that stuff. Yeah. So my podcast is called Sisu Journey. It's science and stories of resilience. So it's all about resilience, people's stories of resilience, diverse stories, and kind of how they, um, how they got to where they are. I'd love to 
invite Ellie to come on, tell her story as well. That'd be amazing. Yes, please. Ooh, very exciting. And, um, and so that's obviously available anywhere you get podcasts. You can contact me at sisujourney.com. Come on there. There's all kinds of free goodies. You can figure out what money language you speak um, and really how that connects to your attachment styles and whether or not you dissociate and learn how to, uh, what to do if, if you or your partner kind of speak a different language. And, and so that's available. Um, they can, people can book a session with me that um, you can chat about your money story. So yeah, sisujourney.com and sisujourney is the podcast. Awesome. And there's so many incredible interviews on on your podcast i've learned so much and um you have some you know it's just i think for a lot of people who perhaps um haven't considered the power and the strength and vulnerability or for or for people that struggle with that like that's a wonderful space for people to go and explore that so i would i would implore people to go and go and check it out and just putting this out there, you all know Annie Grace. She changed my life. So maybe she also would love to come on my podcast. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll have a, we'll, uh, we'll send a message and see what happens. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, look, it's always, it's always nice to know that Tina, like, it's so wonderful that, you know, that's kind of one of the connections that brought us all together as well. Is, that, is that amazing book mm-hmm. and the amazing energy of, of that lady that's Absolutely. flowing through that world. So. Mm-hmm. And your your um, I love your your Facebook community. It's really lovely. I'm in a number of other groups that uh, you know talk about alcohol and sobriety, and yours just has a different energy. There's something about this magical present and sober piece that you're putting together that's creating a a group of people who really are moving in a positive direction um, with their relationship with alcohol. So I really love it. I actually mute the other groups most of the time so. oh i think that's okay. the best compliment that's amazing ever had, thank Sam. you mm-hmm. yeah and you know it, it's so warming to hear that because we there are so many groups and what we want to try and do as best as we can is have a discussion based group that is mm-hmm. offering genuine support and mm-hmm. is growing at the rate that it wants to grow at and it mm-hmm. you know and you know these things it's, mm-hmm. it's we make mistakes like we're, we're, we're learning as we go as well sure. but i'm, I'm so glad that that is the feeling in there because that is exactly when we first set out to do this Ellie that's exactly what we wanted to create and um Helena you're no small part of that energy I'm sure like uh, that's that's so cool thank you thank you so much it means a lot to like to hear that full stop is lovely but to hear it from you is super special so thank you so much awesome What an amazing chat and how incredible that all these things that we think are so disconnected are all, you know, so often at their root, they're so deeply connected. It's so important to uh, to know that how the body and the mind and how our beliefs and everything interweave to create the the reality in which we live, because the moment we start working with them, our, re- our reality literally changes for us. Go check out Helena's awesome resources. She's got a great guide. Her website is full of really cool stuff, brilliant stuff in the pipeline, awesome podcast that she's been on. So go check out all of her stuff. And um, I've got a funny feeling that we'll be doing some uh, a lot more collaborations and things together in the future. Awesome. It's spring here. I'm going to go for a walk in the park. I hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are. See you next Tuesday.